Hey everyone and welcome back to Robbie's Backstage Bands. Today I have a lovely guest joining me who has been on Broadway. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Corey Snide. Um, yes, I have been on Broadway. <laughs> and I'm joined here by Bobby and Frankie today because they're snuggle. We have, we have three guests today, not just the one. We've got three with, yeah. with Yeah, you get a full <laughs> And they'll tell you about so their good. Broadway. Well. Oh wow. Really? Broadway dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie's the Broadway revival of dogs. Right, right. Frankie has spent many, uh, many a nights in the theater. So. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So the first sort of question I've got for you today is quite a broad one. So it might take you a while to answer it. Um, it is what is the journey of how you got to where you are today? Broad question, but a yeah. good one. <laughs> so I started I started dancing locally just at a, uh, a local competitive studio in Albany, New York. Um, we were very much a tap dance based studio. Right. Um, and a few of my dance friends started going to this convention. Um, and I'd never heard of that convention being just sort of uh, a a rendezvous of a bunch of dance studios and master teachers slash choreographers throughout the country that come to this one city and you get to take a bunch of classes. And I started, I yeah. fell in love with that and kept going to conventions um, and met a lot of people who have actually hired me today. My first job actually being in the West End, um, I was a Billy Elliot. Um, oh, wow. In, yeah, I was a Billy Elliot in the West End in 2007, 2008. Um, I did the show in the West End for about a, about a year and I had a very crazy situation that actually brought me to Australia as well, which maybe we can get to that story later. Worldwide superstar. <laughs> Not superstar, but I definitely had fun. Billy is still to this day one of my favorite shows. Um, I returned from uh, performing abroad when I was... I think 15 and joined the original Broadway cast of Jason Robert Brown's 13, the musical. Um, I played the role of Evan. I alternated the role of Evan. Um, wow. Then from there, I kept auditioning and doing a bunch of stuff, but I knew that my heart was kind of like, I want to go back to being a normal kid and I want to get an education and I want to study more. So I went back to my hometown studio, trained and did all that stuff. I then auditioned for college and attended the Juilliard School um, where I graduated wow. in 2015. While I was doing the Juilliard School, I traveled and taught and did a bunch of stuff. And then upon graduation, um, I was doing a lot of auditions. This is great, this is awesome. Um, I was <laughs> doing a lot of auditions for uh, TV, uh, I'm sorry, for companies. And then I just sort of felt my heart drawn to uh, theater again. Juilliard yeah. being a little bit more about contemporary dance and concert dance. I just, I felt myself drawn a little bit more to my theatrical roots. Um, and the first show I got out of uh, school was uh, an out of town tryout of a musical that hit Broadway eventually called the band, uh, called Bandstand. Um, oh. Yep, that was a wonderful show. Um, and the reason why I didn't do it on Broadway is because I booked Cats, the musical. Um, I was the dance captain. I ended up performing every single male track in the show, except for like the adult cats and even some of the female tracks. 
Um, and then after that long and intense run, I was with the show for like 18 months. I took some time off and moved on to the original uh, revival of Carousel on Broadway, the most recent yeah. revival where I was also the dance captain. Um, from there, I got an offer from uh, Andy Blankenbuehler to travel with him to the UK again uh, to assist his choreography team on the Cats film um, that I also performed in. And then upon return, I performed in a few other like just little smaller gigs. You might see me in the, in the Heights film and a few other things. Um, and then I returned just in time for the West Side, the most recent West Side Story revival, which uh, I performed in until the pandemic. Um, the pandemic happened, unfortunately, it and decided it wasn't going to return. Um, so I decided actually to move upstate. I started my own business in school called the Capital District Arts Initiative. Oh, wow. um, and that is arts education, community outreach and development, as well as the eventual goal is to create a, a production company and sort of contribute to the development of the regional arts community here. And now I'm sitting on a couch with two dogs in my lap and I'm talking to you. <laughs> wow. That was the story right to this moment. That's yeah. great. No, it sounds like quite a journey and obviously performing from such a young age as well, being a Billy in the West End or here in the UK. So I'll tell you what, my first, my first main question for you then is how do you find that the audiences differ? West End, Broadway, Australia, you know, is there a big difference uh, or? Well, so, I mean, Billy Elliot being such a particularly British show. It really is. Um, it, it's something that obviously I think sits a little bit closer to the heart in the, in the UK. So I, I mean, this sounds so stupid and I, I might get chased down with pitchforks when I say this, but a big developmental period of my life was in Great Britain. So there is a, huge aspect of me as a person that feels British. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I feel very connected to that story. I mean, it, I, it's so silly to say, but like, I'm the one that's obsessed with British history. I watch uh, The Crown. I watch yep. every movie about Maggie Thatcher. I, I mean, I watch everything British. And then you ask me about like American TV shows and I'm like, huh? Um, so, I, I, I relate to that a lot. Also the story of Billy is something that I feel like was my life um, coming from uh, a not as financially well-off family and struggling with being a boy dancer. That was, that was sort of my story. Um, and that story is what tracked throughout Australia and uh, the US. The Australian, uh, community, I think, knew a little bit more about it, but I think in that show, that rendition of the show, they needed to be a little bit more descriptive and help people into the story. Yeah. In the U.S., I have to admit, I don't think people really understood the miners' strike and all of that stuff. So the U.S., I think, had needed a little bit more glitzy and glammy <laughs> uh, version of the show. Um, and yeah, I mean, I. I loved performing in the West End. I loved working in the West End, especially when I got to return to it. And as uh, almost a decade later, I got to return to the West End to work and uh, 
Yeah, I, I love it. I, I miss I miss the UK every day of my life. I'm not there. Oh. Well, you you need to come back. You're <laughs> more than welcome back in the UK. I'm sure we'll find you somewhere. <laughs> you can be in something. We'll find something for you. Just I'll I'll, I'll sweep the stage door dust if I have to. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get you a job. Um, <laughs> so did you always know that this was what you wanted to do then as a career? Yes. Um, as soon as I, I was a kid that I was a very, very shy child. Um, it took my mother, I, my, my mother took me to my first dance class and I sat on the bench for three months before I even walked out on the floor. Um, totally intrigued, totally invested, but not yet having the confidence of expression to put myself out there. And then there was just one random day. It was actually, my mother said, she was like, it was, it, it was the last time I was like, if you don't walk out on the floor, and she didn't say this to me, but she said to herself, like, if he doesn't walk out on the floor, I'm just going to assume it's not going to happen. Um, and it was that time that I, of my own volition, walked out on the floor and I never stopped. Sounds so silly, but um, I, at the age of six, decided that my um, company that I was going to create was going to be called Choreography. And I oh. mean, as a, six, as a six-year-old, I thought, like, I was like, I'm, I'm a genius a genius um so I knew I mean I was always making up dances and all that I actually didn't know too much about theater I mean I knew that that was something that you could do but I didn't know much about theater or even concert dance tap was really what I did and that's what I think got me Billy Elliot I spent uh tap was I think the last part of the audition actually and that was what I'm strongest with um I did everything they they tested us in ballet they taught us one of the combos I think we learned a little bit of like electricity I might even remember so I could do I could do Billy Elliot from top to bottom right now um <laughs> it's ingrained in every five <laughs> right it's ingrained in every fiber of my being um so like I said I, I they did everything they sang us they tested an accent they flew us out to London and uh we did tumbling, dialect, all of that other stuff. And then they were like, okay, cool. And we should probably make, we should probably see if you can tap. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. This is good. Um, so tap was really my way in. And Billy was really what showed me, okay, Frankie, go get comfy. Billy was really what showed me what it meant. Like I knew dance, I knew I was going to dance for the rest of my life, but I didn't know what that meant professionally. I was just, I just knew I was going to dance and Billy really secured, oh, this is what a career as a performing artist looks like and the power of performing expression and all of that other stuff yeah. and what it for people. So Billy really secured it, but I knew that I was going to be creative for my whole life. Yeah. And, you know, you have fulfilled that as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've talked about the incredible shows you've done. I think a really special thing is bringing Cats back to Broadway with a brand new production. So let's talk about that. Now, obviously, you were dance captain. For people who don't know, what is a dance captain? So the dance captain is the... I spend a lot of time with the choreographer in the creative process trying to learn their show. What is it that they see is the choreography? How is it that I can uphold that when the choreographer steps away and leaves the show with me? Cats being such a dance heavy show, they actually had what's called a resident choreographer. So uh, dance captain, 
Jen being here, resident choreographer, being really choreographic supervisor for the run of the show while the choreographer's gone. Dance Captain is just a smaller version of that. Um, so it was my job to, when we're on our 300th show, it's my job to be able to look at the company and remind them what it felt like on opening night and remind them how to keep keep it motivated and keep keep the the feeling of it and the life inside of it alive. Absolutely. And it was really special that for Cats because our rendition was, I think also the UK's rendition was an updated version of it, but our yeah. rendition, Andy Blankenbuehler, the choreographer, wanted to respect and honor and carry through some of the most iconic moments of Gillian Lynn's brilliant work. So, um, it was brilliant because it, as a dance captain, it helped me connect to, I mean, it was a very modern dance-based Broadway show in the yeah. 80s when it was choreographed. So my Juilliard training sort of came in there and I got to really uh, use that skill while also getting to do the more contemporary theatrical yeah. version as well. So it was great. I mean, it was really such an honor. It was magical, I imagine. Um, now you've covered a lot of cats. Would you like to list them off? Who have you played? Sure. Go on. So I originated in our show, I started as Cora Kapat, one of the psychic twins, uh, and I covered Mistopheles. Um, And then the next, once I transitioned from dance captain to swing and dance captain after my mm -hmm. performing time, um, I the first cat I covered after that was Mungo Jerry. Then I did Skimbleshanks, Alonzo, Pounceable, um, <laughs> I did Carbuckety, I did, uh, oh God, who else is there? <laughs> Tumble Brutus, I did, um, oh, at one point I had to do the female twin because we were down that many women in the oh, show. God. Sickness ran through the theater um, and there was a partner that knew the male track and I just had to know the female track so we did our I mean he lifted me over his head and all this other fun stuff wow. um and in that same week actually there was so many women out including swings and covers that I actually had to perform Jenny Any Dots's feature so I had to do the tap solo yeah that's so good yeah 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 I'm sure there's like uh black market videos circulating somewhere but um we need I, to find them yeah I did uh I started the show as Coracopat and then during the name of cats, like went off and put on all the Jenny gear uh, and then went on stage, did the tap feature and then ran off stage and went back into Coracopat because we were down. Like that was the only way the show was going to happen that night, but we were going to have to cut the feature. So I love it. I love yeah. it. That is so good. Um, never. It's hard enough learning one. Sorry. How, how did you keep track of all of these cats? Well, uh, as dance captain, like, I, so I started performing on stage. So I knew the show yeah. from the inside out. Like I knew, I learned the show from performing it. So that was really another valuable tool that I had as a dance captain. Cause most of the time the dance captain is off stage. They're the one that's supposed to watch the show every night and make sure everything goes smoothly. I was an onstage dance captain. So I knew the show from the life of it and the performing of it. And while I was performing and just doing my two tracks that I uh, had, I was also teaching new swings, new covers, new understudies, this, that, and the other. So I was rehearsing and teaching all of those tracks to other people. So yeah. by the time actually it got 
up to um, my transition, they said, hey, listen, <laughs> we can either hire another new swing who's gonna cover all the nine tracks and you will have to teach them all of the nine tracks and be in rehearsals for all of the nine tracks. Or you can just transition off stage, cover everything, get to dance your way through all the roles and maybe hopefully not be in rehearsals as often. And I said, I think I'll take option two for 500. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. So you just you just knew them, essentially. I just it knew was, them. It was just ingrained in. Yeah, and and and... I, there were some times in the show like where I'd find out moments before I was supposed to go on and there's things called split tracks where like as, yeah. you, as you knew like when you're down that many people and you only have so many covers you have to like combine two of the cats and just make sure you satisfy both of their most important moments so yeah. I'd have to do this cat and then make sure I actually got over there to do that cat in one moment and work so it just got to a point where I was just like now there's no version of the show that I don't know and sometimes yeah. I even had to like dance captain on the spot one uh one moment we do this like big rolling lift and then a girl's supposed to get like thrown up into the air and I was the cat that did the rolling part of it and I'm supposed to send her into the other two guys and I reached for her she wasn't there I went like this and like this and I saw that she was off stage in the wings and I looked at the boys I gave them a double clap and I launched myself into their arms and like did it myself <laughs> so that is so um, good yeah Oh, it was so fun. So sometimes you had to like dance captain in the moment too, which is crazy. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's, did you have a favorite track to cover? Oh God. Uh, Coracle Pat always felt good because that was the track that I created. Um, mm -hmm. And I partnered, my twin was actually a girl that I went to Juilliard with. So oh, we, that's sweet. we trained together for four years and did partnering classes all together. So that like, when we had to, the, the psychic twins are supposed to be like in perfect synchronicity. If I lift a paw, she lifts a paw. And we just had that. Like some people would tell us at the stage, they're like, it's kind of creepy. That's weird. Um, so that one always felt uh, like home to me. Mistopheles was always fun because even though he has a big feature um, in the end, uh, his kind of felt shockingly like one of the easier tracks. But Mungo Jerry was so fun to play. That, like, yeah. I played Mungo Jerry like a 16-year-old scrappy kid who, like, kicks rocks. And, and, like, he was just so fun to play. I bet. Um, is there any tracks that you would have liked to have done? Or were you... Oh, Tugger. You, Tugger. Tugger, but Tugger's supposed to... In our show, Tugger was supposed to be... I mean, he was supposed to be a lot taller... He was supposed to be a little bit more buffer than I was. And I'm just like, me, me, me at the time. So um, I would have loved to do Tugger. I will say this, and I'm saying this, and I'm sure the producers are probably going to let, oh, I see. I saw him in the corner. Uh, I'm sure if I say this too loud, the producers are going to come jumping through my window and tell me, it's tell them, you all it's a lie. But for about five minutes and 46 seconds, there was a moment where we were down that many women and I almost had to do Victoria. Almost, almost. I don't think it was going to happen. Like, I don't think it was ever going to happen. Like, I think the producers would probably have just shut the show down for the night. But there was a moment, but that would have costed them millions of dollars. There was a moment where 
the one, one of the swings was like, I, I could not do it. My back is out. And the actual playing Victoria was off in California. And the other two covers were like down out for the count with the flu. And so I was just sitting there in the office, like, <laughs> because when I was training all of the Play-Doh McCavities, the guys that like do all of their partnering, yeah, I would throw myself over their shoulders. And so I was like, every single one of the covers has lifted me before and we could modify it if we needed to whatever but i was like i can do this track and they <laughs> i will say there was a moment where i saw everyone in the office go and then they all shook their head and they were like no 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 <laughs> but it was so close it, it nearly so happened close. it nearly happened well i don't know how you've coped 18 months in that show i <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. And then transitioning it to the film was a whole different experience. Uh, of course. Let's talk about the film. What was that like? Um, it was interesting because we came in as the second team. There was originally a choreographer. And I honestly, I, I don't even know why it didn't work out. So we sort of came into it like six weeks into production already happening. And there wasn't any availability to reschedule or delay or get those six weeks back. So we, it was crunch time. It really was crunch time, but um, I was the assistant choreographer. Um, and so I really got to be a part of the creative process. And since I had already done Andy's version of the Broadway show, we were able to pull some material from that and make use. But when you transition it from a proscenium version of the show to now having full scale, I mean, the yeah. set that built. Everything you see in that set was built. I mean, obviously they like green screen the top part of it, like the sky. But yeah. If we were dancing on a set piece, we were dancing on a set piece. That there was that like the only thing that was like a big green screen set was the railroad track mm -hmm. um, in Skimbleshanks and the big lion in Trafalgar Square. Like everything else they built. Um, and so it was just so fun. And we got to go on the set and reimagine Mungo Jerry Rumpel teaser from what we knew in the Broadway show. But then suddenly we had this, I mean, it was a 20 foot tall bed. So we got to play with it and we had flying wires. And then we had uh, a high heeled shoe that we could like put ourselves. I mean, it was just so fun to take a show that as I've said in this episode, I know cats, our version of it inside. Mm -hmm. If you put me on stage tonight and told me to do any one of those tracks, I would be able to do it. So, um, so to take that knowledge and then just totally blow it wide open and have infinite possibilities was yeah. really, really exciting and interesting. But it did also come with different visions. Like Jason Derulo's tugger was very different from the tugger that I knew and maybe the tugger that you know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser were very, I mean, that whole, it was a totally different song, not the yeah. theatrical Mungo Jerry. Theirs was a little bit more mysterious and uh, sneaky. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of reimagining, but it came from such an anchored place. And then as assistant choreographer, I had, I had so much fun. I mean, not to like toot toot, but I had private lessons with Taylor Swift sometimes. Like she'd, she'd call the production company and say like hey I'm coming I want to come in and just rehearse my number and the choreographer was like well we're both me and the, my associate are on set so I'm just going to send you to the studio with Taylor and I was like 
okay. <laughs> um, same thing with Rebel Wilson. Like she was on set one day and her and I sat and she was like, I'm gonna go take a break now. And I was like, okay, Rebel, sure, you take a break. And then she'd be like, okay, I'm ready. And we'd rehearse a little bit. Jason Derulo, same, like I got to work with- That's so cool. It was so cool. It was so fun. It was really hard. I mean, if you know, the show is hard itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> and filming it was really, really hard. Listen, filming looks like this big, gorgeous, glamorous experience. It's hard. And there's tensions on set. And there are sometimes disagreements. And there were times where we had to recall. I mean, I told you I danced captained on stage in the moment sometimes. There were mm -hmm. some times where director would walk on set and say to the choreographer, I don't think it's working. And we'd be like, ah. <laughs> uh, and then we'd have to like re-choreograph an entire number just on the spot. So it was, it was hard, but um, I love cats and some people hate cats, but I love cats. And I, I don't even know if the film turned out to be fantastically amazing, but I was really proud of the work that we did. And mm. um, I love that show, so. Absolutely. And yeah. on that note, I think we should move on to the, one of the final things today, which is a nice little cat's quiz that I've written for you. Oh, um, God. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I feel, I've boosted myself up saying I know the show inside unfortunately, out. Unfortunately, it's, it's nothing to do with can you play Gumby Cat right now? It's more um, general knowledge, uh, but we can try. Um, the okay. first question is how many songs are in the original Broadway cast recording? According to Spotify, this is. According to Spotify, I would guess that there are 32. There's 21. 21, okay. Well, I'm glad I overestimated because there's a yeah. lot of songs. <laughs> there's more than you think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are God. you sure it's not 32? It feels like 32. I, yeah. Um, the next question should be a little more easy because you know uh, what three things does Gumby Cat teach the mice this is music crocheting and tatting damn right I mean you would know of I would know those are actually the, the only words I sing in that role so um, the next one is one you've also played so this shouldn't be too hard who are a notorious couple of cats Ah, uh, Mungo and Rump. Um, this one, I, again, I feel embarrassed for putting this question in, but I'm terrible at writing questions. Who wrote the music? Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I know I missed a, I missed a prefix in there. <laughs> Who even knows what that is anymore? Let's be real. He's got like seven. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Sir right. Lord King, yeah. Um, right, 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 right. And the final question of this gorgeous little quiz is what is cats based off who knows no <laughs> um Dogs. it is based on t.s Eliot's book of um oh god now the title is about to escape me but i know it's practical cats yeah that, that was right it's just practical cats i thought it was uh, like old a, possum's a book isn't huh old possum's book of practical cats Old Parsons book of Practical Cats. That's right. But you got okay. you got Book of Practical Cats and T. S. Eliot, so you can yeah. have that. So it was that. Okay. Four out of five. I would definitely think that was a great thing. Um, but aside from that, I just want to thank everyone for watching this episode. 
I want to thank you for joining me. And I want to tell everyone to like, comment, and subscribe. Follow the both of us on social media. That will be in the description. And thank you for watching. I'll see you on the next episode.